Welcome to Bed Crime Stories Podcast. I'm your host, T. To my bed crimers, hi, how are you? I hope you're doing well. To anyone new here, a warm welcome. Thank you for checking out the channel. Let me just ask that after listening to and or watching the video, if you found you enjoyed it, please do me a favor, smash that like button. And if you want to support the work I do, please consider a Patreon membership. You'll find a link in the description. Now, let's dig in. It was 4.20 a.m. on Monday, October 2nd, when a car approached the Senna family home in Greenfield, New York, which is in Saratoga County. The car pulled up to the family's mailbox. A hand came out of the window, opened the mailbox, and put something inside. The car then jetted off into the darkness of the rural town. A lone state trooper posted at the house witnessed this act. The family's nine-year-old daughter, Charlotte, had disappeared on Saturday around 6.15 p.m. from the Moreau Lake State Park, where the Senna's were camping. Charlotte's parents were still at the park looking for her. It might have been a kind gesture from a neighbor, sympathizing with the Senna's real-life nightmare. It might have been an anonymous tip. Instead, it turned out to be both a ransom note and a smoking gun. The note had a fingerprint on it, which ultimately led to Charlotte's recovery later that day. She was hidden in a locked cupboard inside a dingy camper just 14 miles from where she lived. The ransom note was from 46-year-old Craig Nelson Ross Jr. Ross, who reportedly has multiple sclerosis, dropped off the note himself. I'm thinking this guy is not in his right mind. First, a savvy criminal doesn't drop off a ransom note at the home of a child that he just nabbed. Second, a savvy criminal doesn't touch the paper he put the ransom note on. But then again, the trooper who witnessed him put the note in the mailbox didn't drive off after this mystery person to see where he went, but maybe he felt he wasn't supposed to leave his post. Ross was arrested at his mother's home in Ballston Spa on Monday night and was charged with first-degree kidnapping. He pleaded not guilty. Per the state police, other charges are expected. Charlotte was said to be in, quote, good health and was reunited with her parents Monday night at a local hospital. So far, no one knows for certain if Ross knew the Senna family, and if so, if he'd been watching Charlotte. According to the New York Times and Saratoga County property records, Ross owns a house less than a mile away from the Senna home, but apparently another family is living in that home, and they shooed away a reporter who showed up to try and talk to the inhabitants. The nightmare for the Senna's began a little past 6 p.m. on Saturday night. Charlotte and the family were enjoying a camping trip at Moreau Lake State Park. With her friends, Charlotte had been riding her bike on a loop inside the park. She decided to take one last loop by herself, alone. It would have been a five-minute ride on a road flanked by campsites, but she didn't return. When the Senna's went out looking for her, instead of finding their daughter, they found only her abandoned bike. Everyone started screaming out her name, and 911 was called. State police soon arrived. Everyone took off in every direction looking for Charlotte as dusk approached. The thought was perhaps the nine-year-old had gotten lost, or maybe she ended up in Marole. 
but the state police, upon seeing the abandoned bike, immediately had a sense that this could be a child abduction case. The search continued overnight and into Sunday. Every car leaving the park was searched. Sunday morning, an Amber Alert was issued. Even the governor, Kathy Hochul, got involved. She organized a news conference at the front gate of the park and promised to find Charlotte. But apparently this park lends itself to bad guys and bad gals, making for fast getaways. There's an interstate without toll cameras just a few minutes away, and the land is rural and undulating. There are many crisscrossing roads and many homes that the New York Times described as off the grid. Craig Ross, Charlotte's abductor, allegedly, had at least one prior arrest. It was in 1999 when he was caught driving intoxicated. That's why his fingerprints were in the system, and that's how law enforcement discovered who left the note in the Senna's mailbox. Ross was living behind his mom's prefab house, otherwise called a double wide, in Milton, New York. That's about 20 miles from Charlotte's house. The property has many structures on it, along with a very tired-looking camper at the back. By Tuesday, the property and the yucky camper were being scoured by crime scene investigators. They were dusting for prints, taking photos, basically collecting any and all evidence from the crime scene. According to someone who has lived next door to the mother's property for many years, the Ross family consisted of the mother, an absentee father and four children, and the dynamic over there was often chaotic. The neighbor said that Craig Ross sometimes showed up at his door, hungry and looking for a meal. It sounds like Craig Ross Jr. may have been watching other children in the area, if we are to believe another neighbor. This lady went on record. Her name is Carol Brown, and she lives near Ross's mother's house, and she told the New York Post that Craig Ross Jr. tried to grab her grandson, Braden, out of her front yard back in July of 2023. Brown and 10-year-old Braden were doing yard work when she needed to go to the back of the yard to turn the water on. When she came back, she saw Ross standing over her grandson. Brown described the experience as follows. I heard the dog start freaking out, really freaking out. So I ran back around to see what was going on. And there was a very scary looking man standing over my grandson who was crouching down over the weed whacker. He was standing over him inches away, end quote. Brown said Ross was wearing Native American-style earrings with feathers and hoops that looked like dream catchers. But other than that, she said he just looked like his mugshot. Scary. Brown said that after she ran over toward her grandson, Ross started backing up and he told her he was just asking Brayden to help him load the string on his new weed whacker. The old weed whacker ruse, weirdo. When Brown suggested she go and get her husband to help, Ross allegedly sprinted toward a bike that he'd left in the road saying, oh no, 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 I'm okay. When the police showed Brown a photo of Ross, she said she would have fallen down if she wasn't already sitting. Her little grandson also freaked out when he saw Ross's photo. For weeks after the incident, Brown was creeped out. She said, quote, We've lived here for 30 years. I've never seen anything like that. A hundred percent. 
In hindsight, I believe if I hadn't had run around the house when I heard the dog freaking out, my grandson would be gone. Now, what's interesting is Brown's husband is a recently retired detective, and although they suspected something was going on over at Ross's house, they didn't know the family. Interesting that a detective would not have raised concerns with the police over this bizarre incident, especially given Craig Ross's kind of disheveled, scary appearance. I know we're not supposed to judge others on looks, but this dude looks exactly like what you'd imagine a predator looking like, especially if holding a weed whacker. Just saying. Scary looking guy holding weed whacker, trying to pony up to a 10-year-old. To me, that spells dial 911. Back to the Senna's. The family opted to stay at the park on Sunday night as the search continued. But as I said earlier, a state trooper was posted at their home to keep watch. The New York Times said it was a, quote, calm, warm night for early October. The American flag in front of the Senna's house would have been slack. Reporters had been told by police to stay away from the family home. But at 4.20 a.m., a car approached. A note was left. End quote. Apparently, the Senna home sits on the intersection of a country highway, Route 9N, and an interconnected triangle of roads. These all make it possible for getaways in all directions. Many are questioning now if Ross should have been tracked down from there and arrested on the spot. But the state police so far are defending the trooper for deciding not to follow the car. Apparently, there'd been many people showing up at the Senna's home all night. They were dropping off food. They were dropping off cards. So the trooper, when he saw the car at 4.20 a.m., did think it looked strange, which is why he went and checked the mailbox. That's when he found the ransom note. By then, the guy was gone. Here's how Joseph Giacolone, I'm sorry, but every time I say that name, I want to say Giacolones, a retired New York police sergeant, described the trooper's dilemma. Quote, Initially, when you look at it, it sounds bad. Like, why didn't they just chase him down? But I think it was a good move by the trooper to wait. End quote. Gia Colone said that because he said there were other considerations the trooper maybe was thinking about, like preserving evidence and fingerprints from the ransom note and the possibility of there being more than one person in the car. Investigators, as they processed the fingerprint, were also looking at pings from cell phone towers, and searchers were expanding the search grid to many miles around the area. Troopers were also stopping cars and searching them. Then, at 2.30 p.m. on Monday, the state police finally got a hit in their database. The fingerprint was matched to Craig Ross Jr. His fingerprints were in the system from his 1999 DWI. They also were able to verify that Ross had been, quote, in the area of the Moreau Lake State Park around the time Charlotte vanished. Special tactical teams from around the state were then flown into the area for what they hoped would be the safe rescue of Charlotte. Apparently, there were several possible locations where Ross was known to live. At 6.32 p.m., with helicopters hovering above, teams arrived at Ross's mother's house. They made what they call a dynamic entry. Ross struggled and received some minor injuries in the process. Can you imagine how much some of the rescuers would have wanted to punch him in the face? Seriously. 
The rescuers then found Charlotte in the cupboard. Ross is now in the Saratoga County Jail and being held without bail. He's expected to appear in court later this month, and he now has a public defender named Thomas McDougall standing by. Now, it turns out Craig Ross has an adult son named Joshua, who was at his dad's house yesterday when a reporter from TMZ showed up. From inside the house, Joshua said that the family wants nothing to do with him, meaning Craig, and said this of his father, quote, He's in jail. We want nothing to do with him. I couldn't give an F if the dude dropped dead tomorrow. I couldn't care less. He's disgusting. He's gross. He should die. Yeah, he's my father. But why do I have to deal with this caca? Everyone is asking me all this. I don't know anything. I hate him and hope he dies in prison, end quote. He didn't say caca. I just substituted that because YouTube doesn't discriminate. It doesn't like curse words. Apparently, Craig also has an 11-year-old daughter who he watches a few days a week. That's a scary thought. He also has another son in addition to Joshua. And it's being said that Ross recently moved back to his mother's property because of his MS. So that's the end of the story as far as we know it today. Until the next time on Bed Crime Stories. Do me a favor, hit that like button and subscribe.